Zachary Bartles, pastor of Judson Baptist Church, and you're listening to Mimi Reads the Bible. Welcome back to Mimi Reads the Bible. Special welcome to the men of Judson, and we hope you are all rested up after your hard work on Shrove Tuesday. Did you just decide you wanted to, to say that, or did someone demand that you do that? Um, before I could have pancakes. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> you can have pancakes. Well, you can have regular pancakes, or if you want chocolate chips or blueberries this Shrove Tuesday, you're going to have to mention us on the podcast. Eh, all right, that's, that's legit. I guess it was free will. <laughs> you know what? I'm a Calvinist. I don't believe in free will offerings. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we left last time. With a kind of, you, you read a parable and left mm-hmm. it hanging, and you didn't want to just leave it hanging. You wanted to address it, so that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know. And you're going to read it in a different translation. I am. From Luke 16. Luke 16. And what are you reading there? The first uh, 13 verses, which is the parable of the dishonest manager. I meant what translation are you reading? I am there? reading the revised the new, new Revised Standard Version. When I was in Bible college, um, that was the boogeyman. Oh, really? That was the liberal translation. Um, the Revised Standard was okay, which was a revision of the American mm-hmm. Standard. But the New Revised Standard, they did all sorts of crap. But, of course, most of the things that they did that freaked people out, all of our Bibles do now. So, <laughs> I don't know. Either, either we were wrong back then or the King James only people have been right all along. Well, you know, <laughs> my grandmother always said they have their own section of heaven. <laughs> nice. All right. So I am starting in Luke chapter 16. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, Well, I do now that my master is taking the position away from me. I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors, one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal home. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. 
If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And when I hear that, I always think, wait a minute, God and mammon. Mammon. mammon that's Good. what like rings in my ears also. Old school world. Okay, mm-hmm. so this this one, well, you, I think we didn't go quite that far last time. You didn't get mm-hmm. that, that interpretation and that final application mm-hmm. statement. Uh, so it makes it a little more confusing because it almost seems like Jesus is uh, promoting dishonesty to some people. Verse 9 really struck me reading it this time. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may have, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. And in the ESV, it says, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth. The word is, hold on, let me grab... The old Greek here. I should have. Oh, oh no! This is this is the Latin Vulgate. I, oh dear! I only have it because I was like, I should have it. I I can only fake Latin. I don't really know it. Ooh, look at this! Look at this nice Greek New Testament that I got for Ooh. Christmas and is gathering dust. <laughs> Luke, I'll have to cut this out while I kata Lukan sixteen. What's the verse? Nine. Nine. <laughs> she said for the fourth time. Nine. To mammona tes adikias. Yeah, unrighteous mammon. Um, that's that's the ca- category here. Let's just let, let's take it from the beginning and make and, and and lay the context. I think because people don't know what to make of a steward or a manager, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we you don't have a manager of your house, do you? Like some some outside, no, <laughs> you know we don't. Only rich people do that, yes. and even then, people are worried about you know getting made off, you know, ripped mm-hmm. off, and everything. Uh, the the Greek word there is a combination of the word for house, oikos, or oikia, which I always remembered because you go to IKEA, Ikea to get this stuff for your oikia, uh, oikos, and then the word for uh, to distribute. Right or okay. So so basically, is someone who's like doing the distribution for the whole household, someone who's going to be in charge of the servants and pay them, settle all the accounts, pay the bills, handle the investments, everything, and he's just not good at it, right? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. If he had ripped off the master, he'd have been arrested. Right. But he's not arrested. He's not even. He's not even fired on the spot. Right. No. He's warned, hey, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> Today, probably his passwords for the accounts would be inactivated. Mm-hmm. But back then, he still had a window, right? And, and he's squandered, right? And the word for squandered is the same word that uh, is used for the prodigal son. With his, okay. so, so he's throwing money around. He's not been good at being um, conservative mm-hmm. with, with these funds. And so he brings these people in. And when you hear that, what, what is your first thought, your, your gut reaction when you hear, sit down quickly and write down half of what you owed? That you can't do that. That man owes it to the other person. And now you're telling him to give, just write down half. So like, what's, why, why is he then, 
I mean, the guy who he's kind of doing that to, the victim, mm -hmm. commends him for it. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, part of the thing is that he really, he does have the right to do it. He's still the he's steward. Been... When he says sit down quickly, it's not that he's doing something that's illegal. It's legal. He's got like power of attorney type mm -hmm. deal. He's doing it quickly because at any moment the new steward's going to arrive <laughs> and he's not going to have the authority anymore. And and I've I had always thought it was maybe he was thinking of just like Airbnb his way around like mm -hmm. I'll stay with you for a week. Remember when I saved you a a ton? Mm -hmm. Like we're talking 800 gallons of uh oil enough like a whole like 150 trees for a whole year. This is how much we're saving people. But is it possible maybe he wants a job as the steward in one of their houses? Like, you do me a solid now because I did you a solid. I actually thought at one time that it meant right that you only owe him 50 instead of 100, but then you give me the other 50. Ooh. But why would anyone <laughs> do that, though? Like, what, what do they stand to gain if I still well, have to pay the whole amount? Well, he was just making money. No, but if, no. if I owe Best Buy... $600, and the guy comes to my house and says, hey, I got a deal for you. You pay Best Buy 300 then you slip me 300 and I make it look like you only owe... I'd be like, well, if I'm still paying the full 600 why would I do some shady business with you? I don't know. I, I didn't say it. I was a good truck. Just... End of the day, though, Jesus <laughs> interprets it for us, and you read that. Yes. So we know he's not saying be dishonest. He's, no. he's not saying be like, this is not business ethics. No. And a lot of Jesus' parables, you know, everything that happens in them can't be one for one applied. Parables have one point. Mm -hmm. They're there to teach one spiritual principle. And, and like, so when, when Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a man who is in a field, stumbles upon a treasure... It's, he does, he's like, I can't excavate this real quick. So he just buries it back up, buys the field, but that wouldn't be right. Like to not disclose that he knew the treasure, but that doesn't matter because the point is, this is what it's like, not this is what you, sh how you should live. And, and in this case as well, the, it's, it's clear that this is the, this is the message. Children of this world are more crafty, are more thoughtful in how they deal with their fellow children of this world when it comes to life in this world than children of light are when it comes to to uh, life in the kingdom. That that didn't you say it better? <laughs> <laughs> That's your job. Say that better. Okay, so the children of the world, the world, does better in dealing with those of the world than Christians do in dealing with those of God's kingdom. So, right. So they're, they're dealing with people of the world by the rules of the world. Right. We ought to be dealing by, A, the, the values of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. But since we're in the world, too, he's saying, hey, any advantage you can get in the world, turn that to something good. For the kingdom, mm -hmm. the, the worldly mammon can be leveraged. You see, it's not evil. That's the thing about... Yes. Wealth, wealth is not evil. No. So mammon is an Aramaic word. It comes from the same root as amen. So amen means like truly, verily, mm -hmm. so be it. It has to do with kind of like uh, something, hard, you know, bedrock of something. Mammon then is any kind of wealth, not just money, that you're relying on. 
So it's not wrong to have money. It's wrong to put all your faith and all your hope in that money. Oh. And that's okay. and, and and so when we as believers have wealth, Jesus mm-hmm. is saying be crafty with it. Don't rely on it. Use it to build the kingdom. And and then you have eternal returns. I mean, this guy's this isn't how long is this going to last if he does go around saying, "Hey, I need some money. I need a place to lay my head." Every year, it's going to be further back. Mm-hmm. Remember that salad I did you 11 years ago? <laughs> They're going to be like, yeah, what have you done for me lately? To quote Janet Jackson. Am I right? <laughs> so, I don't know. Do you do you feel like, as far as Jesus' parables go, this one is, is more obtuse? Not obtuse. Is more, this one is more difficult to apply readily because of the gap between their world and ours? Um, no, actually, once you really understand what it's saying, I think that it, it makes sense even now that um, I remember in um, in uh, Bible college when people would say that he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of saying this too. We live in the world but we don't have to live by the world standards. We still can live with what we know is right and appropriate and function in this world. Yeah, yeah, and, and be a, so, so we're being a steward. steward. Yes. And, and he, apparently this guy forgot. He felt like he was so comfortable in his position, he started act, treating this stuff like it was his, yes. not like it was someone else's, and it was being kind of loans to him to mm-hmm. to use it for the master's good. And, you know, I, I think about when I like, when, when you loan somebody something and they say, I'll treat it like it's mine. I'm always like, no, 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 don't do that. Treat it like it's mine. <laughs> I had a buddy, Leo, used to sit next to me. Uh, he was a seminary uh, co uh, uh, classmate mm-hmm. and also a co-worker of mine. And, and he would borrow books from me. And every time I would make him swear anew, which I don't know what the biblical ramifications are of, of making someone take a vow, but I'd make him promise not, not to read it on the toilet. Because treating it like it was his meant that's when he got all his reading in. Uh, and he'd say, you don't understand. They took my gallbladder out and I have all this free time. <laughs> I'd say, no, treat it like it's mine. And I think we often say to God, oh, yeah, I'll treat it like it's mine. And he's like, it's not yours. And, and so be so we're being wise. Um, you know, we will never see the end of if we use this worldly mammon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the the phrasing he uses? We'll be welcomed into. Hold on, I don't want to quote it wrong. I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. There's an eternal reward. For this, and, mm-hmm. and so even using the same shrewdness that this guy was using for something very temporal can create something eternal, and that's that's pretty awesome to think about. Uh, and we think about that that statement: no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and mm-hmm. Mammon. You can't serve God. some translations say God and money, and that probably mm-hmm. gets the point across. It's funny to me. It says in God we trust. On our money. Yes. And people and people who are holding that where it says that they trust in God and more often than not they are trusting in they're trusting in the mammon, which is what the word mammon means, you know, to, to put your trust in 
the wrong thing, the wealth that you build instead of... And if you can't be faithful with the dishonest wealth, then who's going to entrust you with the true riches? Right, yeah. So if you're not not handling your what you've been entrusted with whether that's time or or it's money or or whatever god has let yeah then then why would you sit there and say god why aren't you blessing me with more mm-hmm. um no you're more likely to get your pink slip as steward <laughs> like this guy did <laughs> do you think it's odd to hear jesus telling people to be crafty or shrewd no because i again it doesn't mean that you have to be dishonest you have to um have savvy as you are dealing with um there are i think there's some people who should never handle money they they just i'm that person Mm. i should never have money and um but there are people who are really good with it who um that it just makes kind of makes sense to them and they think ahead and they plan and they um and then god blesses them Mm -hmm. and um so i think that's being shrewd that's being crafty and and that you can use it for ultimately for god's kingdom um shouldn't we give god the best returns we can right Ooh, I like that. That'll preach. Maybe. <laughs> uh, that, that makes me think of Matthew ten sixteen. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves or as crafty mm-hmm. as serpents uh, and as innocent as doves. So it, it's possible to be crafty and to, and to not even just be smart <laughs> about something, but to actually be kind of almost like this sort of holy deviousness mm-hmm. where your intentions are 100% good and you're not you're not sinning Mm-mm. but you're being awful shrewd and your your goal is 100% to be a good steward with what you've been given um what what do you think is a in this I think is where it gets difficult to apply what's a good example and it wouldn't even have to be from real life mm-hmm. but can you think of like a good example of um someone who has made friends using the unrighteous mammon in order that then God's kingdom would benefit. Okay. I think that my father was somebody who, um, he was very unassuming. You wouldn't necessarily think that he had money and yet he was devoted to the lord and to his kingdom and he used his money very wisely and because of that god blessed him because he always and and um uh would he would help uh, support missionaries himself he would um give uh he was very generous to his church he was you know but he but you would never have looked at him and thought thought i remember 
when he was um, had Parkinson's and my t my one sister and I were going to move into him to a condo we bought and people came into the house and they said, oh, wow, this is really nice. And he, he would look at us and he'd say, where'd they think we were going to live in a shack somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was very much that he was this unassuming man and that um, and it was an extremely nice condo. <laughs> I, I I will always remember with a smile that where they think we are going to live, <laughs> because he had the church owned a um, apartment building that was like for retired Christian workers and missionaries and things, and he had first moved out to Colorado and was in like this really expensive place and. And they had talked to him about coming living in one of our apartments, which was in an excellent part of the city. And but he paid a very small rent. And I guess maybe they thought that that's all he could have afforded. And so that we would be living in the little shack down by the creek. But we didn't. <laughs> Do you see this as being a a danger to be tempted to have kind of a quid pro quo. I will do something kind for someone who's in need with the expectation that then they will come to church or something. I, I often struggle with, I've been involved mm -hmm. with a number of ministries, even here in town where I will preach and you have to listen to get lunch. Uh, and so beforehand they're li and, and it's almost like, okay, we'll feed you. And then you will, you know, we'll make, mm -hmm. and, and if it's done in this very transactional way, the way that this guy mm -hmm. was kind of doing it, it can fail. I think yeah. it has to come from the right heart. Sounds like yes. your dad had the right heart. Like yes, and it has to be for the right um, motive of furthering God's kingdom. He didn't do it, so people would say, "Wow, that Harry Russell, he gave to people, and and uh, he was a generous guy." No, it was all about the Lord and all about bringing glory to Him by supporting the Lord's work. And um, so, even when he retired uh, from the company he worked, a division of Johnson and Johnson, they, where would you like to go on a trip? we will send you. And because of the type of man he was, he chose Israel. And they sent him as part of his retirement Neat. to Israel on a, a on a tour. And that meant the world to him. But he had uh, um, in, in his business life, he had as good of a reputation as he did at his church because he was a, a, a scrupulous man who acted fairly towards everyone and um, always tried to serve people. And, um, and it was something to watch and see and, and know that, that that was what God wants and to know that. Yeah, I also, when I see this last, uh, well, it's not the very end of the passage, but it's mm -hmm. kind of the tail end of the parable. Verse 10, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. 
And that, I mean, that's its own teaching with its own <laughs> legs. I mean, it, it fits in here. But you think about, I remember um, when, I, when I was at, by the time I got to seminary, I, I went for nine years to basically <laughs> one, it was on one block, you know, or <laughs> Leonard and Beltline, yes. nine years. Because uh, I went to college and I went to seminary. It was just right next door. Um, but by the time I got to seminary, they were relaxing some of these old Baptist fundy rules. Uh, but early on, there was like just just starting to let people go to movies. And I remember a friend, he's, he's a fellow American Baptist pastor now in Muskegon. He's also still a, a Bible professor, Andy Smith, talking about being with a few people, some friends out of town, far away. Uh, and someone saying, let's go see this movie. And him saying, ah, I'm sorry, guys, I can't I, I, I don't think it's wrong to see movies. But I did sign a thing that said I would live by the lifestyle statement. And it says we can't see movies. And they were like, oh, you know, it's not wrong. We know it's not wrong. No one's going to find out. We are miles from home. And he was like, uh, no, I, I'm not going to break my word. My name means, you know, a good name is more valuable than, than many riches. And I remember hearing that and kind of scoffing in my mind, like I'd have gone to the movie. And, and, and years later, looking back and going, wow, no, it, he mm -hmm. recognized to do this little seemingly insignificant mm -hmm. thing would indicate that he was the kind of person who was unfaithful with very significant things. And, and that kind of thing, I think that's a real mark of maturity mm -hmm. um, when you see people who they seem like they're just, you know, they're, they're uncompromising, unflinching, very strict people. And, and you go, well, yeah, come on, get over yourself. But really, if, if you're willing to be unfaithful with something small, Jesus says you will be unfaithful with things mm -hmm. that are important. Yeah, it's a it's a really good um, lesson uh, that you think, oh, it's just a little thing that doesn't matter. But yes, it is. That's where it starts. That's, maybe that's the most important thing. Then, yeah. ooh, a little thing. This is a, a mm -hmm. chance to, um, yeah, show myself and mm -hmm. and uh bear the that, that i'm i almost said show god that i'm but god knows <laughs> show myself that i'm really am born again and to bear the fruit of the spirit and um it may be that god will then give me mm -hmm. greater blessings and greater things to not again if your heart is i do the little thing and you give me the big thing then we're That's missing the right. point we're still not being mm -hmm. faithful um i think we've beat this one to death a bit you want to move on to yeah. your next text i think so this was a twofer, everybody. Last week was a twofer and another one this week. Just for those guys who flipped the pancakes. That's right. Okay. Let me ask you this while you're flipping. Mm -hmm. So you've gotten used to on the podcast. Yep. I keep telling you, if you trip over a word, just go back and I can delete out. This is what we do on all podcasts, right? You mm -hmm. just make it seem like you're... I even do this on my, on my sermons. I'll go through and if I if I screw up, I just cut it right out. But like last night at the uh, Ash Wednesday service, you read a couple of fairly lengthy passages. Did you have to remind yourself that you, you had to power through? Yes. <laughs> you yes, couldn't... I, I couldn't stop it. <laughs> no editing involved. <laughs> Flubbed over that word. Start over. Okay, now I am reading from Luke chapter 20, starting at verse 9, the parable of the wicked tenants. We got unrighteous managers and wicked tenants. Holy. The whole gamut. He began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and leased it to tenants. 
and went to another country for a long time. When the season came, he sent a slave to the tenants in order that they might give him his share of the produce of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Next, he sent another slave that one also they beat and insulted and sent away empty-handed. And he sent still a third, this one also they wounded and threw out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? Ah, I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they discussed it among themselves and said, this is the heir. Let us kill him so that the inheritance may be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When they heard this, they said, Heaven forbid! But he looked at them and said, What then does this text mean? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the scribes and chief priests realized that he had told this parable against them, they wanted to lay hands on him at that very hour, but they feared the people. Nice. I also like it when they try to stone Jesus or try to throw him off a cliff and he just like slips away. <laughs> Slippery when he needed to be, Jesus. Um, so walk me through this. This is such a, this is a great uh, Lenten parable, mm -hmm. isn't it? There is someone who has this property, a vineyard, and he gives it to tenants who will have work. They will have um, a place to live, work, and he goes off. When he comes back, He's not asking for everything. He just wants his share of the produce of the vineyard. And he sends one servant, and they beat him up, and he leaves empty-handed. They do this twice more. Now, the thing that gets me is that he says, I will send my beloved son, and, and then see what they will do. Mm -hmm. Think, he knows what I'm do. Yeah. thinking, oh, surely they wouldn't put their hands on my son. Uh -huh. And yet, oh, yes, because they decide that if we get rid of him, we get the inheritance. And, of course, that's not what happens. But they, I guess the arrogance of thinking that, oh, we have gotten rid of these three guys. Now, if we kill him, we'll really be. And, mm. But I don't think that if I had been that owner, I would send my son. And if I had, I mean, obviously the, the owner is, is God the Father. It's just one of those situations like the parable of the sower where there yes. are one for one. Mm -hmm. I mean, who are these first three guys? Who are these first three who, who guys? Who do they represent, so to speak? Uh, that that are that are beaten up and and turned away. 
the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. That's my assumption, too, because Jesus is often saying, you know, mm-hmm. when they do this to you, so they did to the prophets mm-hmm. before you. And when he rebukes the, the Pharisees, he brings up, you know, again and again that they did this to the prophets. And so it doesn't surprise me that you're going to do this to me and my followers. Uh, so, so God knew this is how they act. He knew their hubris. Mm-hmm. He knew they would kill his son, even if, you know, you, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd hope you'd think they will respect him. Uh, God knew they wouldn't. And that's, you know, that's where the disconnect that's, between a uh, mortal landowner and a infinite God, God is. And, and yet, and, and like you say, you wouldn't have sent your son. I wouldn't have sent my son. Thank God that, he sent his son. But, but you know, even though he comes and, and he dies, uh, the emphasis of this is not really on the redemption he brings. Um, the stone is on the rejection uh, and the effect of rejecting Christ on those who reject him. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, or some translations say the capstone. So that's from Psalm 118, according okay. to my footnote here. Um and then he says, everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. That That is really a stark image. Yeah. It's a good, that would have been good for Ash Wednesday last night, I think. <laughs> a reminder of there there is judgment. Um, and, and they're already under judgment when the sun arrives, is yes. the thing. So yes. the sun doesn't change their status. No. He's mm-hmm. another chance for them to be okay with the land yes and it's like uh the biggest um expression from the landowner that i'm i'm giving you this this opportunity Mm -hmm. one more time and the fact of how hardened their hearts are and how good the land the landowner is how good god is and yet when we when we pull this out of its parable setting and look at it in redemptive history, there's yet another chance. Because we did take the, the son, drag him out of the vineyard, kill him, and and still, even though we did that, we can be saved. Yes. And that's that's where the, the beauty of this really strikes me because my it's like with David, right, and, and Nathan. Remember when Nathan the prophet tells mm-hmm. him the story about the sheep and David like involuntarily gets angry chemicals going. <laughs> I get mad and indignant when I read this, even though I know it's about me. <laughs> and, and and so, yeah, there's this anger about it. And then you go, oh, wait, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm among those who, who, I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. there, but I would have rejected him. Right. It reminds me, you probably don't remember the OC Supertones. It was a ska. It was a, it was a, it was a Christian ska band in the nineties. Um, they had a great song. Uh, the, the chorus was "My sins you'll crucify louder than the mob that day." You know, every time uh-huh. I I turn my back on Christ and 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 rebel against Him in my life and my thoughts and my speech, I'm essentially joining the mob uh-huh. that said put Him to death, and and He keeps on loving me. What are you thinking as far as we've got? Uh, four weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me look. I think the problem with the 40 days minus the Sundays is the math gets hard for people like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to today. So one, two, three, four. Yeah, like four weeks until 
no, five, five and a half weeks until Easter. Do you have thoughts about uh, kind of tailoring your your selection of parables to that, or are we going to just? Oh, that would be a good out? thing. Yes, I may in fact do that. All right. Mm. I'm so bright. <laughs> <laughs> And good luck finding them that work, because I now that I think about it... I assumed you meant that there were, and I just needed to find them. Let me see your Bible a minute. I'm crying. You, you made a copy of the song we sing every week at our Wednesday night service. Because and I didn't in the front. know That's it, so, so I would learn it. I love that. Is this something that... No, now I'm just talking Michelle. to you. I forgot... <laughs> That's happened to me once before on a podcast. I, was, I forgot I forgot that we were recording. Um, it's Michelle. She made us. That's you and Michelle? <laughs> oh, that's adorable. What a sweetheart. All right. Bring us home here. <clears throat> so, men. <laughs> I, I leave you with, with these words from today's scripture reading. Go and do likewise. I don't remember that. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> oh boy. All right, that'll work. <laughs> listening we'll be back next week in the meantime if you'd like to learn more about our church you can find us online at www.churchlansing.com scripture quotations this week from the new revised standard version bible copyright 1989 national council of the churches of christ in the united states of america used by permission all rights reserved worldwide and don't forget god's word is there to be read all the time you don't have to wait for meaning